Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to introduce Jill from England, who takes LDN for MS. Welcome, Jill. Thank you, Linda. Could you tell me when you were diagnosed? I was diagnosed in 96, when I was 42. Okay. And what symptoms were you experiencing which led to your diagnosis? Um, I had two sets of symptoms. The first set was numbness in my legs, and they said that was transverse myelitis. Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, I had blocked blotchy vision in my left eye and I couldn't see red very well. When they decided it wasn't a um, detached retina, they did an MRI scan and that showed sclerotic patches, so that's when I got the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long was it after your diagnosis till you found LDN? Um, well, I only started LDN last August. Mm-hmm. Um, I was aware that the symptoms were getting more difficult to manage mm-hmm. and my daughter was getting married in October so mm-hmm. I wanted to be as good as I could be and so I started some research again on the internet to see what treatments there might be mm-hmm. and I went on the Action Research for MS which is a good website and they talked a lot about LDN so I thought well that's worth finding out about. Um, and I asked for a consultation with the, sorry, with the neurologist mm-hmm. uh, last August, and I asked him about having LDN prescribed. And unfortunately, he dismissed it. He said, oh, these fads, they're on the internet. There's absolutely no reason to think that LDN would have a beneficial effect. Mm-hmm. So, so I was knocked back. Um, and that's... That's as far as I got with the NHS about LDN. Well, can you, can we just go into a bit of detail of what your life was like, symptom-wise, yes. just before you found LDN? Um, before LDN, that's going back last year, um, as I say, the symptoms were getting more difficult to manage. Um, I had fatigue, and that's like a brick wall. It's not just being tired, it, it's it's very, very hard to find the motivation and the energy to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mobility was deteriorating, so my gait was poor, um, which was noticeable as soon as I started to, to walk. Mm-hmm. Before that, it had been half an hour, as I could walk for quite normally, but this is, was difficult to manage. Mm-hmm. So I... Felt it was time to look again at what treatments uh, might be out there. This was, as I say, last July, really. So you obtained a private prescription and take it for LDN? Well, when the uh, consultant said I couldn't get it on the NHS, I started to explore the private prescription side, and you very kindly put me in touch with um, somebody in Glasgow, Dixon's chemist, who do prescribe, you know, it costs more than the NHS, but at least you can get it. Yes. Yeah. So did you notice any initial side effects? Um, none at all. 
Yeah. So, how long did it take before you noticed anything? Um, oh, it was quite quick actually. I would say oh, certainly within two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking now about the relief of the fatigue. Yes. I still get tired, but I don't have that horrible block fatigue which stops you doing things. Mm-hmm. What about your walking? No, that's uh, that's much the same. Um, I do vary within one day. And in the morning I can walk, but sometimes in the afternoon I have to sit down. It's just I haven't got the power either in my leg or in my trunk. Sort of, I can't hold myself upright, yeah. so I have to sit down. If you had to rate your quality of life before starting LDN on a score of 1 to 10, and 10 out of 10 being the best, what would it have been? Before starting LDN, um, 6 out of 10. And what about now? Now, 7 out of 10. Not a huge difference, but an improvement. Mm -hmm. Well, not being so fatigued enables you to function mentally, doesn't it, a a lot better as well. What would, you, mm-hmm. what would you say to other people that are contemplating trying LDN? I'd say try it because you won't be any worse off and you might find that there are enormous improvements for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you ever contemplate stopping LDN? Um, well, this consultant I saw said he could prescribe modafinil, which is a drug they give to people who have narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. in order to help them stay awake. So in other words, it does combat fatigue. Um, I have been debating with myself whether to stop LDN gradually and try modafinil, mainly because on the NHS it will be cheaper. Yeah. Um, I don't know yet what to do. I'm still keeping on with the LDN at the mm. moment. <laughs> well, my personal experience, I took modafinil. I oh, did, uh, I took one tablet and I didn't sleep for about four nights. Oh, I was okay. just so wide awake. I then uh, went and bought some herbal because I thought it was fantastic because fatigue was a real big problem. So I went and got some herbal sleeping pills to take at night to, to yeah. help me sleep. Um, after a few weeks, it settled down. So mm. I was full of energy during the day, but I was still able to sleep at night. And then it yeah. wore off mm. and... My doctor said I could increase it to two tablets a day, mm-hmm. which worked. And then after a few weeks, that stopped working. So I asked, mm. could I have three a day? And I was told no. And the two, I'd gone back to where I was. It was no. pointless no taking two because it, mm. it didn't do anything. But that was before I, I started LDM. Yes. Yeah. But it's uh, that might not be the case with you. It might work for you, but it... Uh, no, I've, to, uh, I've seen the MS nurse about two weeks ago and she said that three of her patients rate it. They think it works for them and two mm-hmm. of them say there's no difference at all. <laughs> that is a case of what works for you. Yes. I mean, yeah. as I say, initially it did. It it worked mm. really well. Mm. I, I, I was buzzing, but that effect, um, unfortunately, mm. soon went. But anyway, thank you very much for sharing your story with us, Jill. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank and you for uh, good luck.
I'd like to introduce Vicky from the United States who has multiple sclerosis. Welcome, Vicky. Hi, Linda. Could you tell us, Vicky, when you first started to notice MS symptoms? It was back in 1996, I believe it was. I started having slight, just slight symptoms. My walking was kind of off a little bit. I was, I had fatigue. Um, I, I think, like, gosh, it's been so long, and, and sometimes those are things that you kind of want to forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I had, you know, like I said, I had walking problems. Um, my balance was off a little bit. I was, I was really, one of the biggest things that I noticed is that I just didn't have the energy. I was really, really tired. And then, and I was working at the time, and, um, and I was in kind of a stressful job. And, oh, probably about six months later is when I started noticing. I started having problems with my hands and just weakness um, and, you know, just, just little, little things like that. And then, of course, after, you know, after I quit working, you know, then, you know, things kind of just progressed worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Well, how long did it take to get diagnosed? It took them about a year because I only, I had, I had the, when they did my MRI, I only had one lesion. And what my doctor had told me was that I had, I had the symptoms of MS, but they couldn't really find any, any clear findings. And then that's when, that's when I started, when I started having severe problems with my hands and then I, my memory, I just started having cognitive issues. And then I went back to my doctor and um, um, they, did a, they did a spinal tap. And from the bands and the fluid, that's when they confirmed that it was MS. And then from then, that, and then after that, then he put me on the Avonex. Mm-hmm. And what were your symptoms like before you found LDN? Oh, it, it was miserable. It was miserable. I was, I had excruciating pain with my MS. Um, I was really, really, I was real sensitive. If I lay down and I put a sheet on me, just the sheet touching me would hurt. I was heat cold sensitive. If I'd get cold, I would hurt really bad. If I got hot, I would hurt really bad. Um, I, I had, I had cognitive issues. I'd, my, when people would tell me things and I would try to talk back to them or I would try to answer them, I, it just, it just, the words just didn't process right. I mean, I just, I just couldn't get out what I wanted to say. Um, I, I was, I was starting to lose muscle control in the calves of my legs to where walking was difficult. Our bedroom was upstairs and I'd get halfway up the stairs and I just, it was just a struggle and I'd have to sit down and, and, you know, crawl to get, up the you know to get up the stairs um i had i had speech problems i was starting to when i would try to talk you know things just things just didn't come out right um i was at the end towards the end i was starting to have some swallowing issues um i had of course i had you know bladder problems um um you know the one of the things that one of the embarrassing things that people don't like to talk about is, you know, you un, unfortunately, if when you're married, you know, you you do have you know sexual dysfunction issues. Um, I just I was just you know I was depressed because I wasn't able to do anything that I that I used to do, and and I just you know I just I just was not happy. I I just was not happy. Mm-hmm. If you had to rate your quality of life at that time on the scale to one to ten, what would it have been? 
a 10 being the worst? 10 being the best. Oh, 10 being the best? Um, my quality of life back then was probably, I would say, maybe a 3. Mm-hmm. And what would you say it is today? Oh, my gosh. It's off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> it's off the charts. I... I love life. I can't get enough life. My days aren't long enough. I, I wish I had longer days to, to get you know, to get more things done. I just I just I just don't have enough time in my days to do the things that I wanna do and mm -hmm. I just I find myself now, I find myself going out of my way to help people because I've always been the type of person that whenever anything and it was a joke with my girlfriends, whenever anything was went wrong or when everybody whenever anyone was sick they would always, the joke was always, Vicky can fix it, Vicky will take care of it. <laughs> and now, you know, now I find myself going out of my way just trying to help people because I feel like I have 10 years to make up because those, you know, those 10 years when I wasn't doing well, you know, I could barely take care of myself, mm -hmm. um, let alone anybody else. And so it's, I feel like now I just, I feel like that I, I need to take care and I need to, you know, I need to help as many people as I can. And how did you find LDN? Actually, it was my husband. He would always, he was always, um, in the evening time when he get home from work, you know, after dinner and everything, I was always, you know, I'd always be on the couch because I wasn't, you know, by the end of the day, my days, I just didn't feel good. So at the end of the day, I was, I was on the couch. And Stephen was always looking on the Internet, and he was always going into chat rooms pretending he was me, trying to see what other, um, you know, what other things were available to people with MS. And he ended up in a chat room, and people were talking about LDN. And he chimed in and wanted to know what it was, and, you know, t somebody told him to go to the LDN site. And he started reading it, and he printed it out, and he set it on the coffee table, and he said, you need to read this. And I, and I told him, I said, Stephen, you know, I said, I've done, you know, I've done the shots, I did the Desabri, I did the sodium medrol infusions, I, you know, I was on, they just had upped my, my uh, Oxycontin, and, you know, and I told him, I said, Stephen, I said, there's, you know, I said, there's, there's nothing out there that's going to help me. I said, you know, this is, this is what my, you know, my doctors told me this is what they have. I'm, you know, I told him, I said, I'm, you know, I, I was at the point to where I just didn't care anymore because I just didn't see anything I just didn't see anything that was going to be good in the future that was going to help me and he's like no you need to read this so um, I actually threw it away and then the next day he, when he got home from work he asked me what I thought about it and I told him I said I didn't read it I said I threw it away and he's like you've got to read it so he reprinted it and I read the first page and a half and I was livid I was so mad I thought why did my doctor not know about this so I took it to my, I actually had an appointment a couple days later, and I took it to my doctor, and she just, she said no. She said, absolutely not. And I, and I asked her, I said, why? I said, look at all the people that are taking it. I said, why would you not prescribe this to me? And she said, it's not FDA approved. I told her, I said, I don't care if it's FDA approved or not. I said, look what's happening to my life. I said, this is not quality. And she said, I can't. She said, I'm afraid of lawsuits. And, um, you know, and I, and I told her, I said, I, I said, I won't sue you. I said, I promise. And she said, I can't, I just can't take the chance. Well, my Avonex, I had to refill my Avonex, and I thought, you know what, forget it. I'm not going to refill my Avonex. I called Dr. Bahari. I had a phone consultation with Dr. Bahari because my Avonex was like 280 bucks, and Dr. Bahari was, I think, like 250 
so I thought, you know what, I'm going to save that money, pay Dr. Bahari. I had my phone call, my phone call with Dr. Bahari, and at the end of the conversation, because he didn't really say that he would prescribe it, and at the end of the conversation, I asked him, I said, well, will you prescribe this drug for me? And he said, well, that's why you called me. And I said, you're going to write me a prescription? And he said, absolutely. So he wrote me a prescription. I had it compounded, and I was on it for three months. And at the end of the third month, I had a doctor's appointment because I kind of, I, I was supposed to go back the following month for a follow-up with my doctor because I had just gotten out of the emergency room. And I, I shined it because I, I wanted to, I wanted to basically prove her wrong. So I, I skipped my appointment, and then at the end of the third month, I went in to go see her, and I was sitting in her office. And the minute she walked in, she looked at me, and the first thing, the first words out of her mouth is, you're on that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I said, how can you, and I said, how can you tell? And she said, what a difference. And you're just in your, the way I looked. And I asked her, I said, will you write me a prescription? She couldn't get her prescription pad out quick enough. And she's been writing my script ever since mm-hmm. and prescribing it for people. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, isn't it? So, Vicky, what would you say to other people who take, who take, sorry, that'll have to be edited out. <clears throat> what would you say to other people with MS who are contemplating trying LDM? Absolutely get on it. Absolutely get on it. You know, Dr. Zagon, over and over and over, has, has told people it can not and will not hurt you. I mean, it's, it's a natural chemical that your body already produces. We just don't produce enough of it. And this is what I tell people when I talk to them. You know, it's not, if it was something that they were, that they were not 100% you know, certain of as far as any of the long-term effects or anything, then I think I would be a little hesitant because... I would feel bad telling somebody to get on something and then, you know, and then five, six years down the road have something dramatic happen to them. Um, But whenever I talk to people, I tell them, you have absolutely nothing to lose by getting on it. Um, If anything, if you don't get on it, you've lost possibly the chance of stopping the progression of your disease. And I always tell people, I always, when I talk to people, I always ask them what they're, you know, where they're at in their, in their disease progression. And if people are early, early symptoms, boy, I, I strongly urge for them to get on it because I am a definite, definite firm believer that if you get on it when you're first diagnosed with the slightest symptoms, you're not going to get any worse. And, and, you know, and I tell people also that, you know, there have been cases where people have been in a wheelchair and they have gotten out of a wheelchair. Of course, everybody's different, but why would you not want to take something that, that, will not, that won't hurt you at all and you have nothing to lose by trying it? Try it for six months, and if it doesn't do anything, you haven't really lost anything. At least, you know, at least you've given it the opportunity and and if you haven't taken it, and if it, it, you don't know that it's helped you and you get worse, you've lost that opportunity. So, I, I mean, I, I, whenever anybody emails me or whenever I talk to anybody, I tell them, go for it. Go for it. Take it. It won't hurt you to take it. And if you don't take it, you're gonna, you, there's a good possibility that you're going you're gonna to miss out on something great. Could you explain what your symptoms are now, Vicki? 
I don't have any symptoms. That's I, I don't. I don't have any symptoms. Um, like I said, I, I, we have a boat in the summertime. My husband and I are on our boat every single weekend. Before, if I'd go out, go out and if it was hot and I'd sit outside for five minutes, I'd have to come in and lay down. The heat just really, really affected me. I, I, do, I do fine in the heat. Um, I do fine under stressful situations. I mean, I, I just, I, it's almost as though I've never had MS. Sometimes I even have to, you know, ask, I have to tell myself, wow, you have MS. But I, I just, I don't have any symptoms. And I, and I think I'm very, very fortunate. It, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, that there are people out there that, you know, that are on it. Because I do, I have a very good friend, Anthony, who, um, he is on the LDN and he still he still is affected by you know what the what the MS had done to him prior to getting on LDN, mm-hmm. but as far as any progression, he hasn't progressed. Well, that's good. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish? Well, I just i i think I think the big thing is. Just with everything that's happening in our poor old country, um, you know, and just with just with everything that's going on with the economy and everything, I just I really wish that more doctors would give LDN a chance because I I firmly I firmly believe that LDN will stop the progression and I think that LDN is a huge huge benefit in a person's life. And I think, like I said, with everything that's going on that, you know, that people are having to face day in and day out, you know, with the economy and, you know, and losing jobs and losing houses, um, I, I, just, I just think that, that being on LDN, I think, is a safeguard. And, and I think with everything that we're having to deal with and having to deal with your health and having to deal with everything else, you just you people have to get on LDN and people and doctors need to recognize it. They don't realize that by not putting a patient on LDN, they're contributing to so many other factors along with everything else that we have to deal with. And this is only something that's positive and that can help people more and more and more. And it's just it's frustrating that more doctors aren't going down this route. You know, with cancer patients, Crohn's patients. Um, you know, I mean, they they could give so much so much more back to people. Well, you've done some wonderful work raising money um, for getting a trial underway. Would you like to explain that, Vicky? Well, I after I got on, you know, after I got on the LDN, and after I saw what it did for me, I mean, I was just I was flabbergasted that nobody, you know, that nobody did anything. And um, no, I don't mean, you know, that nobody did anything in the, in the regards of, you know, trying to, you know, bring awareness to it. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't figure out why, you know, why no, no drug companies or why, you know, why nobody would do any clinical studies until after I started doing the research myself and finding out that, you know, there was no money in it and that nobody was going to touch it. So I told my husband, I said, I'm going to do a fundraiser. And I'd never, we had done small ones in the community that I live in. We had done small ones within the community ourselves. And um, so I thought, you know what, I've got a bunch of girlfriends. I've got a lot of support. Um, one way or another, we're going to pull this off. And that's when I met Sammy Joe, and she was a great, great help to me. And that's when I met you, mm-hmm. and I met Destiny, 
and then I had, you know, and then I had the privilege of, of actually speaking with Dr. Zagon, and I thought, you know what, with all these great people, that I, you know, I can't lose. So um, we, you know, we worked. It took about a year. It took about a year to get everything all together and, you know, and, and to pull it off. But um, best time of my life. That was the best time of my life was doing that because I knew that we were doing something good and it was going to help a lot of people. And how far did you walk, Vicky? Um, that I did, that was two, about two and a half years after I had did the fundraiser because mm -hmm. I, you know, I was still, I was still frustrated because I didn't think enough was done and I knew that the drug companies weren't going to touch it. And so I thought the only people that, that would even, you know, that would even maybe remotely give us a chance would be people in the um, sports industry, the entertainment industry, because you always hear about them donating and giving to all these different charities and everything. And so Governor Schwarzenegger, of course, being in the entertainment industry, I thought, you know what, I'm going to walk to the Capitol. So I plotted out, I, you know, I drove it first, and then I, you know, and then I plotted out, you know, where I could walk. And I walked 56 miles from my house to Sacramento and met with two of his top officials. And um, I, I was a little, after I left, you know, I, I just, I was, I was disappointed. I, to be honest with you, I was disappointed because the one guy that I spoke with, the one gentleman that was there, his mother had Crohn's. And I told him, I said, you know what? I said, you really, really need to get your mom on this drug. And I could just tell by our conversation that, that he wasn't even, that that wasn't even something that he was even going to consider. And um, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I just thought, you know, shame on you. Here's your mom, a perfect person, your mom with Crohn's. Why would you not go straight to, to Governor Schwarzenegger and, you know, talk to him about this, you know, talk to him about this and see if, you know, see if there was any way that he could possibly help. But unfortunately, nothing, you know, nothing came about of that. Um, and then when they had that international in October, they had the International LDL, LDN Awareness Week. I actually went and spent the whole day at the Capitol. Um, I had a big sign. Um, it was, I forget who wrote it, but it was, um, the caption of it was something about um, a drug that you, you know, there's a drug out there, you won't hear about it. Um, you know, nobody will tell you about it. Mm -hmm. and That's Chris Kerr, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I made this big sign, and I had it in front of me, and I had a bunch of, you know, I had a bunch of handout and brochures, and I, you know, I handed it out to, you know, I handed it out to people, um, but it just, it's, it's tough, it's really tough to get to those types of people. When Patrick Swayze was dealing with his pancreatic cancer, I actually, and I don't know how this happened, but I actually spoke to Patrick Swayze's sister-in-law. She was one of the um, researchers at, in Houston at Texas. She worked at the Houston uh, Oncology Center. And I actually spoke with her, and I told her, I said, you know what, I said, you, and I tried to get her in touch with Dr. Zagon, but she just, she was, she was, really, she was really against um, the LDN. And I asked her if she'd ever read anything on it, and she said no. And I directed her to the sites, and I told her, I said, you know, just read the science. I said, read the science. I said, there there is a lot of science. I said, there's like 25 years of science behind it. And with, and I said, and that's how Dr. Zagon started out was with pancreatic cancer. And I just, I kind of just got the feeling from her that she just, you know, 
she just wasn't she wasn't interested in, and one of her comments to me was that 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 was you know that that she didn't want to interfere that that was kind of something that that her sister and Patrick had to kind of come to terms with themselves as far as the treatment and I thought to myself that's a family member why would you not butt in and tell her say look I found this research you know I definitely think that especially in the position that he was in I mean he was he was unfortunately dying and it wouldn't have hurt him to try it anyway if it would have given him you know a little bit more quality of life hey you know his wife had more time with him but she just she just wouldn't you know she just wouldn't go for it and and I like I said I just that that was really really shocking I mean that was really shocking Um, thank you very much for sharing your experience with us any questions or comments you may have please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.